You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. All righty. So this episode, we're talking about wokeness, right? Um, and for me personally, you know, thinking back when I was younger and dating, trying to bring dates home to meet the family. And I don't just mean my immediate family. I mean, like my extended family. I come from a pretty traditional Italian family. So when you bring someone home, they don't just meet mom and dad. They also meet grandma and grandpa and uncles and aunts and cousins. They got to meet everyone. It has to be full family approval. And something I recall being really uncomfortable bringing anyone home who wasn't Italian. He didn't have to necessarily like it wasn't I couldn't bring home an Asian or a black man or um, even a white guy. <laughs> he had to be Italian or there was no way he was being accepted into our family. Um, I remember when my mom brought home my stepdad, who is Chinese. And the racist jokes that went around the table with uncles and cousins was kind of embarrassing. Um, And at the time, everyone kind of brushed it off like, oh, haha, whatever, they're just teasing. But now it's like, no, that wasn't acceptable and it wasn't okay. And we can't keep allowing that to happen, right? Which brings us to that idea of being woke, right? Um, I'm curious, what has your experience been as far as dating and relationships go? Who are you asking, Kevin or? Kevin. Oh, it's me. Okay. Um, Well, mostly, I mean, my family were Jamaican, um, so there was never a set precedence that it had to be African-American or Jamaican that had to be there. My mom liked, would like it, but she was open. I mean, my mom dated outside her race as well. Um, my sister, my brother especially. Um, so we didn't have that um, awkwardness if we brought home anybody of the sort. I mean, for me, dating, I know my types I like and what I gravitate to uh, mostly um, but because we're in the melting pot of New York most of my life, and even though I was born in Jamaica, it had this welcoming of anybody. Um, I don't know how my lifestyle would be if I'm in a different state or a different country for that matter. But um, I think there's a fine line between being woke for like racial stuff versus stereotypical stuff. Because there's a lot of stereotypes that, that I grew up with that we've been around. So we didn't look at that as like frowned upon or whatever, it's just observations, but um, never had, I mean, when you, when you date outside your stuff, like my brother dated outside, like mostly like Jewish girls, stuff like that. So he had to uh, uh, assimilate to that, to that. And they're luckily the girls' families were open to it, which was amazing to see because a lot of these uh, cultures stick together only like Italians and right. Jewish communities, stuff like that. Um, but uh, for my end, 
I think a lot of the times where it became serious is when that topic comes up where it's like, well, I want to go further with this, but unfortunately I don't know if my parents are going to be cool with it or uh, stuff like that. So I don't know where you're at with it. And if you're up for this, this uphill battle, but I always had that pep talk because I always tend to date outside my race. So uh, I'm always, always been up for it. The challenge, of course, I always seem to win people over whether because I'm very articulate, they're like, wow, you read. And it's like, yes. Oh my God. Like, you, <laughs> you know, um, cause you'd be surprised. I could get many things through the phone with my voice and people just go, Oh, and then they see me in person. Oh, and it's like, well, <laughs> you know, but, um, it's unfortunate. Um, I grew up in that bubble of like, I could be accepted just because I have but I adapt to everything. So I grew up in an area that was predominantly one, like white, and then became black and, and uh, Latino and Asian and everything. And you had to assimilate to whatever was there just to get through days and get through nights. But when I went to the Mecca of Manhattan, then it was acceptable of all. So I didn't have to really adapt to anything, but just be myself. So when it came to dating, yeah, it's always been that conversation. And it's something I envy with other races where I always took with their own. They never have to have that sit down beforehand. It's ever been like, hey, by the way, my mom town. It's like, and that's kind of like, that always broke my heart where it's like this relationship is probably now is going to come to an end now just because of this topic. And it shouldn't have to be. It should be like, you're treating my son great. You treat my daughter amazing. You're all good. You know, we'll see you again. We'll hang out. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. I feel like for me, my, I came out when I was 17 years old. And I, for the most part, only dated like other black men or like whatever you want to call it at the time. I was dating like a range between like my age to like men in their 50s when I was like 19 years old or whatever. But I do remember my first serious relationship was with a Dominican man. And that was an interesting experience in of itself because I was brought into this world where he watched Spanish language television. I ate foods that were um, of his heritage. We went to clubs where all the music was, you know, was in Espanol. <laughs> so I felt like for me, I was kind of, forced to not forced because I chose to date him I had to like become more aware of his culture and the things about him I will say though that once I started dating white people my mother had a different attitude towards it because I did date this Italian guy and his family was low-key racist to me and they didn't realize it even to this day I mean they're they're funny about it but the the things that they would say during like Thanksgiving and stuff you'd just be like okay that was like a slap in the face but I let that slide because I'm here with him but I remember one time my mother said, well, at least he's not racist. And that was the nicest thing that she could say about the guy that I was seeing. And oh. it's so interesting because you see, we watch movies like Meet the Parents uh-huh. or things like that, where you see like someone bring home someone different. I remember my own experience. I was dating this Dutch guy one time and he blonde hair, blue eyes, as white as white can get. He, he could practically be like a Nazi, if I were to be totally honest with you, if you just saw him in person. But his family, like, 
they would say things that would show that the only thing they know about me being black is what they learned from like a movie or like the news or something. Things they'll ask for the foods that they think I like, like we'll be eating dinner. And his brother would say something like, oh, I know it's not fried chicken, but you know, this is our Mm -hmm. food. And I'm just like, you know, um, (laughs) not all black people eat fried chicken. I think you should know that, (laughs) you know? I just think it's interesting when it comes to dating people outside of your race, because it's either you're making an effort to learn about their heritage or you're trying to clean your stereotype. It's like one or the other. Yeah. That's a stereotype. That's not all. It's like, okay. I think people just been saturated into these things, whether musically or by film and TV or just their neighborhoods or the pep talk from the parents. But um, I don't know what it's like Midwest where it's just one, where it's just like, well, this is your bubble. This is it. Mm-hmm. And, some people are just afraid to have those conversations too. And I hate those uh, eggshell moments where it's like, I don't want to come off as anything. I'm just trying to understand. That breaks my heart too. So mm-hmm. it's just finding that open-mindedness, you know, just to, you know, want to ask and want to know what, what it's like, you know, or just understand cultures better. Have you, you ever, guys, sorry, ahead, Andrea. You guys, do you guys remember that movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from 1967 with Sydney Poitier? Yes. I mean, you guys are film guys. <laughs> like I knew you would. But, you know, it makes me think of the fact that in 1967, they here we are making a film about this. And yet here we are in 2021. And this is still the same conversation. Yeah. I feel like we're not learning. Well, it's because yeah. we were, I was watching this show called Pride on FX on Hulu and someone, I, I, forget, oh, I wish I wrote down his name, but he's like basically the person that started the civil rights movement. It was a gay man, believe it or not. But of course they squashed that down because, you know, black people can't deal with the gays anyway. But um, someone said, if we don't learn our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And yeah. I think that's a major problem when it comes to dating and getting to know other people, we rewrite history so much or we push stuff under the carpet that people don't know about it. And then like generations later, people are like, what, that really happened? And then we slowly start to learn about other people. But I think as long as we keep editing, erasing and rewriting history, we're, we're doomed yeah. to make the same mistakes over it's and over and over. about America's traditionalists. You know, people are just set in traditions. So Italians are huge on their tradition. You can never take them away from that, especially other cultures like the Jewish community and everything. So it starts from there. That's what they know. It's what they were taught. That's yeah. what's ingrained. So there were, to assimilate that to whatever time period, you have to start from there before you become to open-mindedness. And a lot of people go through it. Some people mm-hmm. don't. They keep secret relationships. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Don't worry about it. Let's just keep this on the wraps. We're happy together, right? Who cares? And or some just combat choosing between family and this relationship. Yeah. Always I find myself very lucky that my mother raised me to believe that people are just people. They're just humans. So date whoever you want. She used to always say, I mean, if I was going to be straight or gay, she didn't care. You know, if I brought home a white guy or you know an african-american guy or an asian guy or an indian guy she didn't care she just all she cared about was 
is he good to me? And am I happy in the relationship? And so I, I find myself very blessed that I had that coming from a family that was Italian and grandparents and, you know, extended family that really wanted to keep, you know, that Italian heritage. But my mother realized we can still have that and embrace other cultures at the same time. That's what I don't get sometimes. It's like, I know there's this push to preserve the culture, preserve the tradition, preserve like, you know, everything about who they are. And I, and I, and I respect that. But I do also feel sometimes when you tell a child, oh, you can't date her because, or you can't date him because they're not Southeast Asian. This can't happen. Or they're not Chinese or they're not black they're not you know whatever fill in the blank and I just think is that in a way racist in of itself yeah it's a doll game pretty much it's like which doll is the best doll and you just see the same race go like the white doll and it's a black kid doing that and it's just like why is the white doll better than oh because it's nicer it's cleaner and not it's like pre disposed to that early racism where the kid has no idea until he starts getting older and starts realizing like oh my god all this stuff has been in place just like if you see like how boys and girls are raised it's like parents force dolls on girls and the Tonka trucks and the big machine guns on boys to make it like you're going to be this kind of male you're going to be this kind of female instead of them instead of letting them find their own way um mm -hmm. i think parents are still human in that sense where they're going by from what they were taught. So to make it easier, they just go here. Here's the book on what I was taught on. Read that. And they don't seem to think about the time period where they are, where it's like, you know what? You know, I do have multicultural coworkers that are actually great. So you know what? Gravitate to whoever you like and whether or have in common or whatever excites you and learn about them and grow from there. I just think it's just best to um, um, to set the precedent on what you want and what makes you happy and no matter what race or whatever tall, short, big, fat, what doesn't matter uh, big, bold, or not <laughs> to, see, to, see, to see where it goes um, I, need, I think it's a lot of pressure on parents because they're molding a, a younger version of themselves it's a twilight zone it's like, how do I do this right? how do I do this right? and not get it wrong with a word or this or that you know, and then you have the polarization of media or now social media that could literally send you in one direction to being racist or stereotypical or just being open and loving. So it's like all these things have to be timed right. And because uh, kids don't see race and that's a beautiful thing. When you see kids just playing with each other, they don't care what you are. They're like, hi, hi, you know, and just yeah. so momentous. In that. And it is something that we learn as an adult because I was sheltered growing up and I didn't realize racism was, I thought it was something that was in the movies until I was around 19 years old when I got my first job at Lord and Taylor and I had like the most racist fucking general manager one could have. But yeah, it's, it's kids don't learn it. And I feel like, I don't know. I think it's better. We're better off if we can be open to each other's cultures. Uh, another question, how much do you, how important is it to you for the woman that you're dating to know about or embrace your culture? 
Like, is it important to you that she eats the kind of foods that that is? No, I want her to, it should never be something pre-planned. It should be something where whoever I'm dating, whoever she is, she just wants to do it. She just goes like, hey, uh, I was thinking that we go, we cook at home on Friday. And I know you love to cook. So can you cook me something that you grew up? eating and stuff like that. I'm just curious to see if I may like it because I love spicy stuff or I like, you know, uh, Caribbean food or whatever, or I never had it. I'm just curious. Like the curiosity conversation should come to be. And I don't need her to love it. I don't need her to dress like uh, my culture or listen to my music or, or any of that. I just want her to be, you know, true to herself and what she likes and what she's open to. I don't want to force anybody. My idea is like, I'm not trying to date myself. A lot of people have a tendency to mold a person into themselves. And like, this is what I like because you don't like the same things I do. It's like you're dating a mirror image of yourself. So I want her to be completely her at all points because that's what's going to keep me with her because I'm going to learn from her and grow from her or see the world differently through her eyes and and the sounds through her ears. And, um, but I know I'm adaptable and I'm always curious. So I'm going to be about her cultures and knowing about her history and family, whether good or bad, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, we all have kink in our system. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's that learning process that's going to help us grow even more together than anything. So I'm always up for that, but I don't want it to be a project. I don't want it to be like, you're black. So let's go to a black neighborhood tomorrow. Like what? Uh, Let's (laughs) do black music. And let's do this because I've been around parents where I grew up. I, one of my good friends was Polish and his parents were completely racist, but they were oblivious how racist they were. But they treated me like gold. They did anything for me. They took me on trips, whatever. Yeah. But it could have been my point to be the, the militant, the Black Lives Matter thing to be like, let me educate you. You're wrong and this and this. But I'm like, you know what? It's a time and a place when they want to or when they realize it, it'll be more on a grander scale than me telling you you're wrong. So for them, it's just like, when he, when we bump into each other every so often, he's like, yeah, they, they finally woke up. They finally realized what they were doing was wrong. And without me having to say anything or whatever, cause he was afraid of taking home. But for some reason it's like, oh, we love Kevin, bring Kevin back over, da da da. I was like, but they know I'm black still. He's like, yeah, for some reason they love you, you know, or they make exceptions or they, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people want to be woke that way where I have to sit down like in a class or like in Barnes and Noble describing, this is my life as a black person. Wow. This is great. I'm learning. Like I didn't know this. And it's weird. It's weird. It's unnerving, but at least the efforts there. That's not, you know, when we talk about wokeness, um, when we were, Kanan and I were preparing for this episode. Um, I looked up the definition because the actual definition of wokeness is just a state of being aware, especially of social problems such as racism and inequality. However, if you look up the definition in the Urban Dictionary, uh, they change it and they define it as woke being the act of being very pretentious about how much you care about social issues. Right. And so. I really found it interesting at how different these definitions really are, right? Yeah. What are yeah, your thoughts on that? Yeah, because they could be, um, from people outside my race, could be like in a most 
surest way of wanting to know versus I want to have this as a topic. It's like a game show as something that's not really real. They just want it to be entertained by us. So you can see the different variations when it comes to somebody wanting to know more about you culturally than making you like you're like in a museum or you like you're a lab project. So when people go like, well, you're black. What do you think about this? It's like, you're not being woke. <laughs> when you're asking me that that type of format, you're just making it like I'm separate as a human race and you know something because you're black, so just tell us, call it a day. So just for everyone. Yeah. So it's 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 one of those things where when people talking to you in a cardboard way versus like, I really want to understand without the news, without social media, like. I just want to know you for you. It's about knowing the person and all the cultural stuff will just come to be with them. It doesn't have to particularly be like, you're black, tell me this, or you're Jamaican, tell me that. And it's just like, you're a woman. If I say it to a woman, like, well, you're a woman, automatically, she's going to be like, wow, really? We're doing this? Like, But we no. do that, right? And we do yeah. that all the time. You yeah, know, here, like, guys, speak for all men, please. <laughs> Yeah, like, like Kevin, your, your your gender is horrible. And I'm like, oh, I'm the speaker of my gender now. Okay. Like, yes, we are horrible in a sense, but I grew up with females where I learned how diabolical and and and, and dark women could be too. I'm like, you guys are horrible. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> so I can see the darkness in both realms. And I'm like, but I think at the end of the day, it's about knowing that particular person because that particular mm-hmm. person might not have their culture in the highest or the most followed um, aspect. It might be open-minded Italians or open-minded Jewish or Buddhist or whatever. And, or some are just traditional. Like I got to be married by this time. I got to have kids by this time. I have to have a house by this time. I could only marry this type of Italian, not Sicilians or, and it's like, so you can always tell these groups that people put their box their their box in, and and it's sad too because I'm not saying that Jews can't find Jew, uh, true love within themselves or Italians within within their own. But it's just like the conundrum of that is like when you ask somebody, "Is the Earth round or flat?" They look at you that Earth is round. Then how come you're boxed into this? You're not open with that. You're like well. It's simple because you know the universe is huge. You know that we have multiculturals and you know you have different types of women, different types of men. So why can't the same aspect of the earth being round be like, you know what, you're a woman, but you might be a different type of woman. You might be a different type of guy. So let me just explore that and see where it goes. Are you traditionalist where it has to be by your culture? Like I would have to abide by these rules or I'm going to have to uh, become Jewish or I'm going to have to do all this to be with you or I just have to be myself and be respectful to you, to your backgrounds and go from there. Well, like I said, uh, in the other show, it's like people don't have to start from the beginning of things because it just gives them more homework. The idea of like, Oh, I have to learn. And uh, uh, I'd rather just date my own. And they just call it. They just check out. Like this is too difficult. If I'm going to date a black guy, that means, Oh no, the family, the racism, if we have mixed kids and there's just too much work here. I'm just going to go date Brad. It's like, right. Brad's, that's typical. And it's heartbreak. It's like, why don't you take the dive? You only live once. And they're like, uh, just too much. But you like Dante. You love this black male. It's like, yeah, but I have to worry about my uncle. I got to worry about 
my sister and da da da. It's like, but we don't live with them. <laughs> it's like, but I, but it's just an anxiety people uh, create for themselves that shouldn't be there. And I'm really hoping that the next generation won't have those same challenges. I'm sure they will. Obviously, we've had them for years. We, you know, we've proven that we've it's a perpetual cycle of issues that we keep running into, but it would be nice to think, and this might be this magical Mm -hmm. thinking that I'm hoping for here, (laughs) but that the next generation with parents of our generation will be more open and more aware that people should just date other people for who they are and be in relationships with them for who they are as a person. Well, I think what parents are doing mostly now, I've noticed, is um, they're deciding to move and raise their kids in a multicultural setting. Mm-hmm. When they start having a family, they're automatically thinking like, okay, we're going to start a family here. I can't, we can't do this in a predominantly one race area. I wanted to do it where my kid could grow up with everybody. Like, just like when they have the school talk, like, I want my kid with public school. I want them to understand other cultures. I want them in charter schools where it's just predominantly one and they're the one standing out and all this other stuff. So families are starting to be wise to that too. I mean, I love when I see commercials where I'm seeing mixed couples on a Cheerios commercial and doing all that stuff. I'm like, that's been going on for a long time, but now it just came out last year. <laughs> it's like, cause middle America was not ready for it. And sometimes you just got to force people into just opening their eyes. And if they don't like it, then, guess what? That bubble that you live in, it's going to be so restrictive that when you look back, it's going to be too late. Like you wasted one life on one way of thinking. Um, It's funny you mentioned that. I saw a commercial last night where it had this black guy and an Asian woman with biracial kids. And John was like, wow, you don't usually see that in commercial. I said, yeah, that's funny because I've seen Asian, half Asian, half black couples forever like like since i was a young kid and yet now we're just seeing them reflected on television yeah because cheerios got in trouble when they had the black uh the black guy and the white woman they got in trouble for it but they said yeah, like i remember that they kind of get used to this we don't care yeah and then everybody got over it it's like yeah people just getting that extra push to do different like just take a chance see what happens yeah and some people think it's propaganda, unfortunately, I think. Some yeah. people think, oh, you're just trying to push your race on me. And it's like, no, like, dude, the world or lady, whoever, the world is humongous. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I think the, the the most fantastic thing about America is the fact that you can, let, let's say you're, you're a Black dude, and let's say you have a wild, I mean, it's, it's superficial, but let's say you have a wild attraction to Armenian women, as we see. You can date an Armenian woman in America or an Italian woman or um, a South Asian woman or an Australian woman or a Canadian woman or, you know, the list goes on. Yeah. I feel like for so many other places, it's, it, it's great. But let's say like in other countries where everyone is kind of the same heritage and, you know, you can only be with someone. But I think that's a wonderful thing about America, which leads me to this next thought. I was watching an episode of Special last night. It's a great show where this character has cerebral palsy and it's about his dating experience. And last night's episode, he met someone who sexualizes people with a disability. 
Now, I know of my experience, I've been sexualized as a black man. Like if I was dating a white guy, he'd be like, oh my, I love your black this or your black that. Or if he'll introduce me to his family, but oh, this is my black boyfriend, Kane, as if they can't see that I'm fucking black, you know? So have you ever had the experience of being sexualized and realized, and not realizing it at first, but then realizing it later that the girl you're seeing only sees you just for your physicalness and that's it? Well, yeah, there's um, there's been many times where um, when I used to do stand up in New York, I did that for ten years. Um, where we go out after to a bar, and then we um, overhear a couple of girls from NYU because I was by that. That's usually where we did stand up by uh, by the college down there. Um, where they'll be sitting there going like, "Okay, we're playing on a weekend, but we need about five grand each to do this trip." And the girl's like, "Oh man, what that's my parents." I don't think my dad would give it to me. He's like, oh, just say that you're dating a black guy. And we're just I, like, we literally have to turn around and I have to pretend like they didn't know we were listening. But I see the girl looking around the bar and she looked at me and smiled. I was like, wow. And my friends were sitting there like, oh, this is a stand-up bit. Definitely, we got to use this. <laughs> but it was one of those moments of being woke, being like, see that? Mm-hmm. I could literally just like, a snap of a finger and it's just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, he'll I mean, what does she mean by that? Like data, just tell dad I'm dating like, black. That guilt, guilt dad into like I'm dating, I'm thinking about dating this black guy and he'll give me the money. And then the father would be like, okay, yeah, don't do that. I'll, oh I'll my God. I think when it comes to the culture aspect, when it comes to parents, to go back to the last thing real quick, is people feel like they're stripping their culture away by doing that, by being open to others. They feel like they're going to get erased by it. And which is not, it's not true. And what people are used to, people feel like you're taking that away. So if you grew up watching predominantly white families on commercial, predominantly on TV shows or whatever, and you've taken that away, you're erasing their history. So they take offense to it, which is the dumbest type of uh, mindset. But, that feel that that feeling of being erased is unlike anything. I mean, look at all the cultures that are almost getting erased and annihilated by another culture, where it's like we were this close, and then you see the white race feeling like they're about to get erased now because everybody's becoming mixed and multicultural in America, and it's like that kind of thinking. It just shows our educational system for one. Yeah, that um, that people have their their emotions at the wrong things, and that commercial Cheerios. Just like uh, Andrew was talking about, we're talking about like the, the difference of wokeness. Black people can look at that as like, oh, you're forcing wokeness. Oh, oh, okay. And white people are like, no, we're just trying here to show like this is your everyday. This is our everyday. It's not a race thing, but this is everyday in 2020, 2021, that there's mixed couples having normal lives. There's no issues of race. It's just like we're happy together. We brought a child together and that's it. We have normal problems like everybody else, you know? You know, it's funny you mentioned about like this idea of pure race, right? You know, don't date outside your race to keep the race pure or whatever. But now that we have 23andMe where you can see like there really is no such thing as pure race anymore. You know, people think like, yeah, you know, my family, for example, I could say like my family's from Italy. We're we're all Italian, we're pure Sicilian or whatever, but I guarantee you, if I did 23andMe, I would find all kinds of other 
heritage there that we didn't know about. It's thanks to DNA coming out that started making people start to think outside the box. Because when you when you counter science, you can't really argue at this point. So before DNA, nobody did. It's like, you look like this, so you must be white. You look like that, you must be pure black. But there's still a lot of the naysayers saying like, all oh, that ancestry, that 23 me is all made up. It's just all planned out to make you think one thing and it's not really there. Like the QAnon type stuff. And it's like, once again, people, if you force people out of their comfort zones, they take it as an attack. Mm-hmm. Automatically. It's like, you trying to date my daughter? Oh, you trying to, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. It's like, what? What am I trying to do? It was like, I have this master plan to uh, start mixing babies out there. And, and that's the black plan or, or whatever. And it's like, no, we actually don't care about that stuff. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, you do. And it's like, it's heartbreaking. You know, that's, we could be so much above everything at this point in our lives if we all just came together. You know, even the same cultures all come together, not separating within the culture. Like yeah. still Italians, like you're all one. They're like, no. <laughs> it's like, yes, you are. If things came down to it, if there was an attack in Italy, you really think Sicily's going to be like, nope, that's not us up there. <laughs> like, no, we all come together, you know? And right. just like New Yorkers will come together if New York is burning or, or California wildfires. We all magically go, I'm not going to be racist. Can you help me with the water in front of my house? Sure. Okay. And then done, you know? <laughs> like 9 11. Yeah. yeah. Everyone came together. Pretty much. It was a beautiful yeah. time. And, um, you know, I almost lost people in my life, in my life, but I did lose five people to world trade. And um, it was, there was a momentous moment being on a cross street and about to cross with somebody to say, Hey, I'm like, yeah, it's like, you good. Yeah, I'm good. All right. And then that was like a New York's way of just coming together Didn't do it. Like all sugarcoating, whatever is at that little moment of like, you're, you good. Everybody's all right. All right. You know, that's it. So we need a crisis to come together. And that's the unfortunate. Yeah, I believe that there's two types of people. There's shockable and there's non shockable. I could tell you, Andrew, don't touch the stove. Like, yeah, of course. And I I could tell it to Katie, like, why? And it's like, (laughs) just told you not to do it, but he had to see it for himself to then know. And you went by my word. And that's what I've encountered my whole life. Like those two types of people. I could tell you one thing and you're like, cool, I'm in lane, I move on. Or I don't know about that. And then, oh, Kev, remember that thing you told me a month ago? I got it. (laughs) So that's our patience and tolerance are key. So I'm curious then what you think of, do you think it's racist (laughs) if someone prefers to not date outside of their culture? Well, it's a gray area because I know <clears throat> what people would say of me is like, Kevin, you date outside your race and that's a form of racism. I was like, it could come off that way if I'm going by the stereotype of a black woman. I'm not going by stereotypes or anything of the sort. I'm going with my my heart, which is the little sister and my brother, big brother brain. It's like my little sister just gravitates to more outside race than anything. I'm not going to question her. She just... I'm just going by the vibration she gets. So I dated black women, but for some reason there was thought that I never felt that connection magically or whatever. I think psychology, psych, psychology-wise, I did take psych. Was that because no one could ever counter my mother and my sister? I could never find a black woman compatible. It's mm. like that. 
subconsciously thing. Like no one could come close to my mother and my sister ever. So to date a black girl, I'm going to be like, you know, subconsciously comparing her stance, like how I, I see my mom and my sister, like on an intelligent, uh, intellectual level, on a, you know, a nurturing level, stuff like that. Not like physical or anything like that, obviously. Um, Interesting. But um, interesting. But outside, outside the race, I guess it's the more like the world is rounder and it's more cultured. It's more to learn and this idea of one life, whether the universe gave it to me or God gave it to me, it's like I have one life to fulfill. Do I want to? Do I want to do that in one culture or do I want to explore in others? And I think that because the universe is bigger, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to explore. There's a lot to feel and. There's nothing more than what I get from an outside uh, my culture uh, when it comes to dating. So. This has been such an amazing conversation. It really yeah. has. Eye-opening, and I'm really hoping that our listeners are getting something from it. You know, our goal here isn't to all of a sudden have our listeners become woke from the conversation, but the conversation is important because this is a reality when it comes to relationships right now, whether they're, you know, single and dating or they're in a long-term relationship or a marriage, it doesn't matter because this is going to affect people. You know, if you are say, for example, a 60 year old couple, but you have children who are out there dating. It's really important that you respect their choices. Um, all choices, not just dating and relationships, but I think we were getting to a point in humanity mm -hmm. where it's like either we allow people to just be who they are or we can continue this endless conflict with one another that, that really no one wins in the end. The one thing I feel that we need to stop or society needs to stop doing today, like starting tomorrow or right this second, is stop trending things. Trending? Stop trending things. If okay. you put on a trend thing, that means it's limited. It's limited uh, time. This is the new trend right now. Yay, let's do it. I'm bored. Move on. When you trend, when you come up with this term wokeness, which I can't stand, I look at it as like it's enlightenment. Yeah. You're being enlightened. You didn't know like something. You, you didn't know something, and then somebody just told you something. Oh, you just blew my mind right now. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was sheltered from that. You just enlightened me. Thank you so much. Not when you trend it, it's going to be like this woke thing's probably going to last five years before people not saying it anymore. Yeah. It becomes did, you, like, did you feel in any way, since you just mentioned uh, the trend, when the whole Black Lives Matter movement started to happen, do you feel anything from girls outside your race having more of a spotlight on you? Because when things started to happen, I did notice a lot of my friends that were not Black, yeah. out of nowhere... They're, they took interest in me and what I was passionate about? Um, from my end, because uh, I've been around people for so long, it's, I've been in, I've been around people that have been um, culturally in, enhanced. So I never had that awkwardness. All I've had were, I did have some people who are not my close friends, but more of my acquaintances, more apologetic. I've gotten those phone calls going, I just want to say, I'm sorry. Like, what did you do? What happened? No. I just saw it happen and I go like this. And I used to go like this and I used to think like that. Like, I am so sorry. And I went, I'm like, it's okay. It's not about being sorry. It's just about where you go from here. Like now when you meet somebody, don't be quick to judge. Just 
try to get to know them as the individual before you, because we all go by our eyes. We see black, I see white, I see Hispanic. That was the first line of truth we see. And then we have to go, do I want to take the time and tolerance and patience to get to know this thing I'm seeing? And that's where people get lazy. And I think technology from all that distracts us to doing the work. And that's why I meant by cheating earlier about mm-hmm. like it's like to jump the gun like you know what this she said i was racist remember that clerk said i was racist last week i made three black friends today and i was like no 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 that's not that's not what she was trying to say it was like <laughs> she tries to cheat the system by being like look well quisha shaniqua latoya we're friends it's like what it's like yeah we're good let's do a spa together let's go pump springs it's like no and it makes us a project and it, yeah. it's just organic she just be like you're a good person or you're somebody that I want to get to learn because get to know because you have this outlook on things. You've been widely traveled and I want to know what that's like. Like it's all about the feeling. And I mean, that's why I kind of disagree with you guys in your second episode about movies being the cause of things. I think things go back from Victorian times or whatever. Like women were said to be these princesses and on pedestals and guys look like this and blah, blah, blah. And that romanticism started from there and books and you look at romance novels, like everything's been pre-built into how we look at females, how we look at males. And I think what movies did was paint a portrait of what feelings brought them to that. So it's all about the narration of what this feeling has created. So, so sometimes when you meet somebody, sometimes there is a music going off in your head when you meet this person or you're smelling this or the sunlight's on here. Da, da, da. It's like a magical thing that's coming to be. Movies are just painted that onto the picture. And um, I think feelings are the one thing that is so mystical. I'm describing that even if somebody wrote down the words, it's still not as much impactful than what they actually experienced. Mm-hmm. No. Um, musically and everything else and stuff like that. I think when we talked about it in episode two, we were really coming from a perspective of what affects dating in the modern times. Now there is no disputing that, you know, before television, before movies, even before like, I guess, live action plays, people were only going by the stories that were being told and the things that have been passed out for generations. But in that episode, I think we're more specifically and I'm not getting defensive. I'm just just so the audience knows that we are aware of the history of love and Shakespeare and even stories before then. But in that episode, we were really trying to talk about modern times, how modern movies really shape like the the bros and this idea of what 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 how women should conduct themselves. I feel like there's a huge generation of men that still approach love based on 80s movies. And reality TV. And reality TV. I mean, in our modern times, not throughout history, not just modern, the last 50 years has really affected. Yeah, but I was just saying to speak on the behalf of uh, films or whatever. It's just like, it's just like they're they're bringing, they're narrating what the feelings are are saying to them. So even if it's so mystical and out of nowhere, like this is not real at all, it's still like you can't put feelings into a jar. You can't, you don't know what the size of it is, the color of it is or whatever. It can't see it, but it's something of a momentous feeling. So it's like when you portray that through a lens or through, through, through filters and all this stuff, it kind of 
makes it more reality, even though it's not. So I think a lot of times when you see films or you see reality shows, they try to capture the words in visuals. So then people just go like, this raised the feeling of this in me. So this is close enough to what I need to look for. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think where the misguided comes from. When girls talk about the end of 16 Candles and going, oh my God, that's what I want. It's like what they're really saying is that feeling when she came outside and the guy that she pined for was standing there with his car being like, it's me, I want to be here. It's like, that's why, that's the only way they could uh, translate it to you what they felt, what they want. They could easily do it through a song. They could easily do it through a movie or a painting or whatever and say, that's what I want in somebody. Instead of just saying, like, I want this laundry list, but it doesn't yeah. sound real at all. That's just what I was just saying. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. So yeah. I love this conversation and I really loved the idea of wokeness really being enlightenment. Yeah, that was really and, the trend of the word woke, right? And it it kind of, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Kevin. It drives me crazy too, because it does, it feels very trendy and it shouldn't be trendy, but I yeah. like the idea of thinking of it as enlightenment instead. Um, yeah. That's something that I feel like we can run with for years to come. Um, yeah, it's like when guys hear from women going, let me share your feelings. It's like that. <laughs> instead of just saying like, just tell me, What's going on in you? You have to dance around it where the guy's like, well, I just think, and what he's really saying instead of thinking is what I'm feeling. But when you see, when I hear the word woke, I get the Canaan eye roll. I mean, that's how I feel. Or I get my shrugged shoulders. I'm like, ah, stop saying that. Like it's been going on forever. You know, we saw that in Green Book. We saw that in history where slave masters ended up taking care of their slaves. Going, I'm giving you this land. Like I was wrong. It was like, they didn't say woke. It's like, I got enlightened. Like, mm-hmm. I was basically treating this race like garbage and not realizing they're just like us. And it's like, you helped raise my child. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Here's, where I'm, here's where I land. Take it. And it's like, wow. And it's like, that's it. And I know that's what technology and what social media wants us to do today. That's the only way to keep us focused is by trending, quoting things in order to get us going with that reality tv it's like trend it's like so everybody runs with it and it's just sad that our attention span is of a net yeah it's like maybe five minutes and then oh what (laughs) literally since last year we went from the black lives movement to stop asian hate and now we're at free free palestine that's three so it's like what's next because we've forgotten about the other two already like Right. The news outlets aren't talking about Black Lives Matter anywhere. They're not really talking about Stop Asian Hate as much because now the focus is on Jewish people. Because I got a, a blue square from some company yeah. in my DMs last night saying, we stand with our Jewish community. I'm like, what is going on? What is this for? And, that, and yeah. that's what I put two and two together. Like, I heard my friends like, don't follow that trend. Don't follow that trend. There's more to it. I'm like, I'm not doing it, but I've seen that automatically in some of my Jewish friends like, if you're for Black Lives Matter and you did a black screen last year, then you should be doing a blue screen today. And it's like, see, you're trending. You're going mm. by, they're doing the homework, you're cheating the system, and it's going, I'll just do what they're doing. And it's like, that's the problem. Nobody wants to do the homework. Nobody wants to be alone, and nobody wants to be wrong. If you tell nobody somebody- to do research, wrong, obviously. Like, you're racist, your whole family's been wrong this whole time, they're going to immediately combat you. You tell them that their whole life is a lie. Immediately. 
Which so makes nobody's sense to be on a defensive right away. Yeah. Nobody's going to be like, wow, thank you. You're right. That's- I'm enlightened. Yeah. No, they're going to my whole life is a lie. How dare you tell me this? How dare you tell me that? Yeah. And you tell me that my whole family's full of shit. And it's like, like you're dead to me. And that's it, you know? Yeah. When they say like, oh, Kaden, oh, your gay stuff is just a trend. You just going through a phase. Yeah. It's like you're telling him that his whole life is a sham. His whole choice is a sham. That is not going to make him woke or, yeah. or be enlightened. To make you. someone resentful. And I <laughs> yeah, think yeah. dating and relationships should not have resentment in it at all. I don't think, I don't think anyone should ever feel sexualized or fetishized. I also yeah. think no one should ever feel like they're just for the trend. Like, oh, I'm dating black guys now just to show my friends that I'm really down, that I'm really right. open-minded. I'm like, that's kind of ignorant too. Well, Kevin, it's been fun having you on for two episodes. We're going <laughs> to wrap it up with the fun three. Oh, uh, the fun three. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with it. Um, first question. Kevin, tell us, what's your favorite compliment? Um, my favorite compliment is um, that I read people well. I've been doing this since I was eight years old. People's like, you just, you could just, you see right through me. You could see, you could see everything. I'm like, I've gotten that from my grandfather. So that's one thing that I pay attention. I listen really well. So I just, that's right. always been that. And that makes you feel good when someone says it. That's cool. Yeah, not about my lips and not, not sexualizing my lips or my ass. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that girls grab my ass and all that. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, the right girl wouldn't do that. So, but it's cool. What What is your favorite dating experience? My favorite dating experience by far, I mean, after this whole time. Um, no, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Not favorite. Funniest. Oh, the funniest date. Okay. Yeah. Um, the funniest dating experience I had was, wow, this was elementary school. There was a girl that was out of my class that, I shouldn't have been asking out or or anything like that, but I really liked her. I took a chance on her, and um, and she's like, I say I have this thing planned out. All I need is a night with you, and if you develop feelings for me or every so often or whatever, um, it's something to take a chance on. So she was like, uh, okay, and I was like, yeah, just say you're staying at your best friend's house, and just meet me at this meet me at this point in the city and uh, we'll cab it and whatever, just till sunrise. She's like, okay, cool. So she maneuvered that. And then I was cool with the radio station because um, they used to call me in the morning about dating. And I was like, this is girl I like. So like, you're going to ask her out today? It's today, today, cab? I'm like, yeah. So I did that. And uh, I went to uh, my bodega and I begged him for uh, a bag of porn magazines and a couple of 40s and a pack of Newports stereotypical but yes you'll get it in a minute Wait, how old were you i was about 13 yeah oh my god so it's like what are you doing Campbell? like me on this i'll give you money and they're like all right man good so i gave 20 bucks i went to uh empire state building there's a security guy i remember there a brother that's from brooklyn and i was like listen i have this girl i really like and she will never date a guy like me and i just want to blow her mind i just need the empire i just need the roof for to watch the sunrise. And he was like, are you out your damn mind? And I was like, trust me. I was like, here, I got something for you. You looked in that oh. bag, you, 
wow, you really like her, huh? I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. So he's like, all right, fam. He's like, all right, uh, yeah, I'm closing tomorrow night. So yeah, I'll give you the roof, but no funny business. I'm like, no, 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 nothing like that. So all right, cool. So I went and I set up this whole, we went to a movie and then I blindfolded her. I, walked, I took her up to the Empire State Building and we were going up the elevator on my own. Took off the blindfold and she came up. She saw a picnic there, and she was like, "I've never gotten this, even from my rich uh, guys I dated, whatever stuff like that." Um, and we had uh, we had like some snacks or whatever, and we danced, and then we watched the sunrise. Sounds uh, like a movie. Morning. It sounds so dreamy. So she was like, "She." I mean, we still we still friends to this day. She got married and everything else. She ended up moving, but she's like, "I'll never forget." was the funniest thing ever just to let up to it. She's like, you know, if that happened now, you'd probably be in jail and child services and everything. <laughs> you know, I was like, Probably. Yeah, really. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was the romanticism of me. I was like, I need to show this girl that it'd be the right thing to take a chance with me. So, I, I, I don't even want to ask the third question. Because I know, because like, I can't answers. type that. <laughs> 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 it's like how do you top that <laughs> well that's always be the one that stood out i mean i had amazing dates other than that funniest and other stuff but that was by far like the most riskiest and funniest where i did a lot of crazy things just to get that date to go and people wow. just went i was like okay <laughs> no. i don't want to ask the third question I no wanna... i think you should i think we might get surprised <laughs> you never know okay all right last question what is your dream date? My dream date simply is not being anywhere than where I am with that person. Where that feeling, I don't want it to end. Whether we're sitting in the car till I add hours after the date or whatever, wherever it is. When I'm with that person, I, I don't want time to end. That is my dream date. I've had those where we literally spent 18 hours in the car or just walking through the city like we did not want it to end and i was like that is a dream date so no matter where we are it's just like letting the moment right out that's actually really beautiful because that reminds me of my my second date with my husband where we met i went on a helicopter tour of manhattan i was taking photos and then we met right after that and we went to brunch then we went to a museum, then we went to Staten Island Ferry, then we went to like some, some music club. It like, we just did not want the day to end. So I can, that's actually a feeling, yeah. wow. See, that's a nice All right, you're right, you're right. I wanted to go on long monologues, but I was like, yeah, that's being where I don't want to be, just being at a place where I don't want to be anywhere else. It's like that, that momentum right there, doesn't matter where I am. It's just like, that's the dream date, that's the ideal date. That's beautiful. That really is. Well, again, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time and being with us these two days. Uh, I just want to remind our listeners that if you have questions or if you have a situation where you would like some advice about feel free to email us at datesmartersexier at gmail.com and we will answer your questions on the podcast, on one of our shows. Yeah. Uh, it's anonymous, so don't worry. <laughs> we will not say who, who you are. Who it is. Man up, woman up. <laughs> say, 
No. No. Own it. Oprah would say, own it, girl. Own it. Forget what Kevin is saying. We are going to completely keep you anonymous so you can <laughs> ask us anything. <laughs> anything you want, no matter how taboo you think the question yeah. might be, send it to us. We want to hear your, your thoughts. We want to know what's on your mind. And you never know. Someone else can be experiencing the exact same thing. And if we come up with a solution in the show, it could possibly change your life. Absolutely. Or at least your dating life. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty big. That's so. pretty big. <laughs> but thank you for listening to us. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again, Kevin. Always. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast, where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.